Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of the 1881 Club podcast. I don't know where you're listening to or watching. You could be watching on YouTube, but you could also be listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts from. Um, I'm back with Luke. However, this one is a little bit of a special one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's not special in terms of like, we're going to be any happier than usual. In fact, we may be more sad than usual, really, because what we're doing today is deconstructing Watford. We're going to talk about the ownership at Watford Football Club and sort of, you know, just discuss what's going wrong, what needs to change, the future of Watford, the the history of how it, how, why, where the uh, Pozzos took over, what the position were we were in when... Um, like providing the context to where we are now. To where we are now, how we got to where we are. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, basically just um, go from there and talk about what needs to change. Um, are you excited for this one? Yeah, it's been one that I, um, I've wanted to get off. I've got a lot of things I want to get off my chest because, yeah. Yeah, there's there's, there's it, a lot to talk about, isn't there? There's a lot to talk about. Also, this might provide some context between the like the fans on like Twitter. Between the Facebook, Twitter fans, like the ones that spend a lot of their time on Facebook, and the ones that spend a lot of their time on Twitter. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like the younger fans versus the older fans. The older fans are saying, maybe we shouldn't get rid of the Pozzos because we could end up with someone like Bassini. But the, you say the older fans, I'm thinking that. Yeah, true. Well, I'm not. Some, under- fans, some fans will think, yeah, we need to stick with the Pozzos because it might be too risky. Other fans are saying, either think something needs to change or that we need to get new owners. It, and. It's it's tough, like, but we'll get on to that later. Yeah, well, exactly. And the first thing I want to talk about, really, is, you know, I think it's important to start where, just before the Pozzos took over, um, and that is with <coughs> Lawrence Bassini. What a fucking... I don't want to spend too much time on this bit, because ultimately, we're not at this bit anymore, and it's sort of the history of, you know, why. But I've got this thing off The Guardian here, and... Um, yeah, basically it talks about Bassini. Um, obviously, recently he was um, buying. Does he own Bolton now? Or did he? was he trying to buy Bolton? You know he was trying. I don't know if he ended up... I think they did sell him in the end. Mm. Uh, to, I think he did, he did buy them in the end. But, um, so basically he borrowed a total of $4.6 million from two brothers to help him finance the Hornets. The accounts for his year in charge um, stated that Watford had made a £7 million operating loss and the club was in financial difficulties before the current owners, the Pozzo family, bought it. Do you know how much they bought it for? Uh, £550,000. Fucking hell. That's nothing, really, is it? In the grand scheme of things, no. It's what we spent on Kalu. There we go. Um, yeah, it's mad. But... Obviously, I was. I we were both pretty young when Bassini was in charge. Well, I, was, it was I didn't owner. even realize when he took over. He only, he was only in charge for a season. All when I think of Bassini, yeah. I think of him outside the red line with that fucking little hat on. Oh. But um, yeah, he he we were we were so close to being like we were, we were in a we situation were, like Berry. Yeah, we or, were we were close. We were, we were going into administration basically. We were really close, and you know, talking to my dad and what my dad has to say about it. Um, he he was yeah he was really poor for us um, and could have got us into some serious serious trouble and who knows where that would have put us today um, we might we, not be sat here making a podcast about Watford eh you never know we were well on the way to administration let's put it that way Bassini was a shambles yeah and he was only in there for a season as well and so how can you cause that many problems 
in a in a season. It's me- it's actually mental. He literally. I've just read. I just googled his name. I read a little bit about him. Apparently, he was like bailing on any sort of fan forum at what at all. Like he bailed on them all. Mm. Like citing ill health every time. Whilst also fucking up the finance, it's quite impressive what he was doing. Well, yeah, quite impressive how bad you how make the badly club. he ran the club. Like honestly, yeah. it does make me think that oh yeah, the footballers are great, which they are, they have been, and they have, and like you compare that to other football owners that you see in 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 the football lower leagues, especially lower like, leagues yeah. particularly, and it makes you kind of grateful that we have the footballers because they're not the worst owners in the world by a long by a long stretch. Like for example, oh who was the um. This is gonna be a bit niche, but the like the Leighton Orient owner from a few years ago. I know you're on about. I don't remember his name though. I don't remember his name, but he was the one that they basically came in and promised all this stuff, and, and then, then didn't provide. Didn't pay any money at all. Stripped the club of assets. Didn't pay their players. Like they got relegated all the way to the national league. Like everything went wrong basically for them. Yeah, yeah, no, it was a very downward spiral. So that's that's the thought process. Like they're bad owners, and Bassini is one of those. Like the Berry owner, Steve Dale, another example of a bad owner that managed mm. to cock it up yeah so um, yeah in the grand in the overall context of English football owners the Pozzos aren't the worst in the world yeah however um, in the context of Watford we'll have to see oh, we'll talk about that we'll talk about that um, so then obviously they came to buy Watford um, the Pozzo family for like I say £550,000 um, and ultimately as we all know you know set the club on its road to revival um, from what Bassini had done and you know, on course to the Premier League into an FA Cup final in in, in the years that they've been in charge. Um, it's a bloody quick turnaround as well, if we think about it. Pardon? Where from where we came from, which was mid table or to lower mid table championship. Yeah, it's a quick. It is a quick turnaround. Massively quick turnaround. 2012, 2013. Oh mate, to 2014-15 is when we went up, isn't it? It took us three seasons on the last yeah. one to get promoted. It was a third place finish, a thirteenth. Yeah, um, that was an anomaly. And then a second place finish should Mental. have should have been first should have been first. Should've but been we're not salty. We're not salty. That's all. Yeah. So then, obviously, yeah, they they came in and bought and bought Watford in July 2012. Um, and it, from there, we haven't really looked back until very very recently. With Watford fans obviously saying that you know changes some some Watford fans saying that change is needed, and other Watford fans saying that change is not needed. And you know we're lucky to have some owners like the Potsos who do care about the club and want the best for the club. Um, Pozzo years is what the next thing I wanted to talk about in terms of like this. Uh, the way we've sort of done it is there's three time periods with Watford. So there is under the Pozzo. So there's the championship years. So there's 2012 to 2015. Um, and I just want I want to leave this one for you to talk about. Um, obviously the championship. Oh, that was a one hell of a time. That was yeah, very very up and down. The Zola season really did put into perspective how we were going to be not only run as a club, but how the championship years would go. Started okay, went wrong, then went very well. The next season went very wrong, and the promotion season obviously went very well. Yeah. Um, the influx of Udinese signings was hilarious Like to see every other fan in the country basically like, hang on, what the fuck is this? Mm. But we literally took like the stragglers of Udinese and Udinese like their B team. Like yeah. we took all the stragglers. Turns out they were fucking amazing, granted. But like, yeah, it was yeah. It was, championship was very very good. I think that's um, we've been trying too much to emulate what worked down there. I think. 
No, I, in, in a way, in a way, not completely, but in a way, I have a there's a little bit that thinks that in me. Yeah. Okay. Well, fair, fair, fair enough. What I wanted to say um, was that on the season we went up. I'm just trying to find it now. What would be the se- it would be this season here? So on the season that we went up. Um, I'm just trying to look at the table here because it's actually I remember it as being really really impressive it's probably not going to load for me now so which is just always the way um, if I'm remembering it correctly it was a four horse race between Bournemouth Norwich Watford and Borough oh yeah because I remember Borough up there and then we beat them in a big game I, think, I can't remember if it was 1-0 I think it was 2-0 Dean, Dean, yeah, it was a Gwediora long ball into the box Dean he touched it and slotted it between the keeper's legs and then Igalo had his, had his fun by scoop turning a centre half and sticking it top bins. Like that yeah. was Oh that was amazing. Yeah, so we have the league table here. Um forty six matches played, obviously. Um and eighty nine points for Watford, ninety for Bournemouth, albeit they had a much better goal difference than us. Um but yeah, it's that, that point on the final day. Yeah. I mean we were up anyway, so it It didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things because that was the target that we were pushing for. The goal was to get in the Premier League, but it it would have been nice to win the league, obviously, as well. Having silverware is always lovely, so it would have been nice. But but we still continue without. Hey, uh, it's one of those things where (sighs) it would have been nice. This guy, look at this absolute (laughs) fucking dweeb, mate. Oh my god, what a nerd! Right. Yeah. So then, obviously, we all know what the championship was like. It's great. Once we got promoted, it's fantastic. The good years I want to talk about next. That's what we've we've called it. The good years, 2015 to 2019. We'll exclude the Mazzari season because that wasn't great. But no, it wasn't great. <clears throat> oh, we had good moments. The United win, the West Ham win. Yeah, that's about it. Oh no, the Everton game and the Arsenal one. We had four like nice wins that season. I remember. But the good years really did start. Obviously, once we were promoted into the Premier League. Um. It, well, even the season before that, but mainly in the Premier League because we got, we got like mid-table, wasn't it? It was like thirteenth. Yeah. Um, and the FA Cup semi-final with the three 0 against Liverpool being like the highlight of that whole season. Yeah. Um, the Mazzari season, we survived. We had like we had better results in the, in the sense of like bigger wins: the mm. United, the Arsenal, the Everton, and the West Ham four-two, which was really impressive. And then, but we still finished seventeenth, so it wasn't great. <coughs> um, the silver season started really well, got his head turned. Yeah, Javi. It's a shame, really, because I thought silver would have been. I really thought it was good really good for us. I thought it was actually a decent fit. Mm. Um, yeah, the Javi years. This is where it gets sad. Yeah, emotional, really. I miss that man so mm-hmm. much. Players he brought in. Well, we brought in for Javi. We're really good. Yeah. <coughs> um, yeah. Then the yeah, that's the sort of the end of the good years. But it all sort of ties into the the Javi season, sort of build up to a. And also, can we talk about the, the Javi season? Right. Some I've experienced something in that season that I haven't experienced again for a very long time since, and that's the togetherness of the club. In yeah. terms of when we reached that FA Cup final, and we had <clears throat> those amazing like matches and times together I felt so connected to the club and like the players and the fans and the owners and the manager and everyone was just all together working towards this one goal and I haven't experienced that really since Um, and and that's why it's really sad and 
I want to ask you: Do you think that Javi going is was the right decision? I mean, of course it wasn't. Yeah, but that, well, that's the thing because obviously the season after was underwhelming. But then again, everything was going to be underwhelming. Everything when you've reached an FA Cup final and almost qualified for Europe, there was which there was, was, not, there was a little bit not a fluke. I don't want to say fluke, but. It was a massive overachievement. It was it a massive be- overachievement. There we go. So we weren't going to achieve... It was. We weren't expected to achieve that again. And I think that the owners thought we were. We still should have sat Javi. Like, Unbelievable. <clears throat> I can't believe we did it. I, when I saw the news come out, I was like, right, fucking Jesus fucking Christ. That was literally my reaction. I was like, why have we sacked him? Like, we were just going to... We were always... Not only were we going to downgrade, but it's it sort of like... I had the feeling early on that we were going to go down, like from as soon as Javi left, because I was just like, <clears throat> we're not going to get someone as good. And they'll, if we almost, managed... they'll almost certainly get someone less talented. Yeah, Gary Lineker wasn't wrong. Yeah. He wasn't wrong um, in that context, but in the context of sacking Silver, he actually was wrong. Yeah. But anyway, because we've got someone, in our opinion, well, for Watford, he was a better fit mm-hmm. than uh, <coughs> Silver. <coughs> which was evident because of uh, how well we played. Um, but yeah, and then it just sort of spiralled from then. Ever since, I've saw, as soon as Javi got sacked, I've, I started to question whether the hire and fire was the right mentality. Because up mm. till that point, you could sort of justify it. That one, you can't justify. Where Not, were we when he got sacked? I can't even remember what. We were bottom. Yes. <laughs> we were bottom. But it's more the fact that he deserved more than four games. Yeah. His results, okay, the results, everything wasn't against. I think he lost like eight, favor, out, yeah. eight out of the last ten games. Yes, okay. International break coming up, okay, fine. But the fact that he, what he'd done for us should have bought him more time. Uh, he should have at least had until Christmas. Yeah. I think, or at least till November. See how well we're doing. No, I agree. If we still played shit, then okay, it's fair enough to get rid of him. It's not working anymore. Mm. Bring someone else in. The fact that we did it in September to only bring in Kike, who'd already been found out in the Premier League, only to bring the same tactics back and start Dimitri Fulkier. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. That was that was the start of the questioning period. If I'm being honest with you. Yeah. No, fair, fair, and I agree. And uh, well, I say I agree. I, I didn't really have the questioning period. I was kind of just like, okay, cool, impostors, we trust. You know what I mean? Like, trust the process. Truce the process. Uh, nah, trust the process, and uh, see what see what happens. But it's only recently, I would say, since, um, yeah, I would say since the last season or so. My turning point, and this is going to sound like very reactionary, was when De La Feu left permanently. If, really? I'm being, if I'm being not, because he was one of, if not my favourite player. Because hmm. obviously, yeah, Dini and Vidra and that lot were up there, but there was something Delafayu was like instilled. Hmm. Like he was just dynamite. And when he when he got sold permanently to Udinese, I was just like, that's a massive waste for us. Yeah. When if we want to go back up next season or this season to like to stay up we'd need him fit and back yeah at Watford yeah okay we probably wouldn't have bought Dennis which in the hindsight I'm quite glad we did yeah but we could have bought we could have bought Dennis anyway and then have a front like six options of 
Delafeu, Saar, Dennis King, Kucho, Joao. Like, that's just, that's not fair. Yeah. Instead, we've been left with Ken Semmer over Delafeu, which isn't fair on the other five attackers because they're being yeah. hampered by the Swede. Um, yeah, that was sort of, that was sort of the start of the turning point for me when um, Delafeu left, purely because it was it highlighted that we shouldn't really we didn't really want to go up in my opinion I thought we wanted to stay down and rebuild properly but then we went up and it was just like fuck we actually have to have to catch pull, up we now we have to pull our finger out of our arse and they haven't done it and we haven't and I, I, haven't I agree we it. haven't done it since we've, we've obviously come back up and they didn't even do it they didn't back Harvey with the players he wanted he, didn't want, he wanted to say Max man <clears throat> he didn't want Saar yeah. he wanted to say Max he wanted the cheaper option who was more suited to his system because he wanted Delafeudini as the front two and then dynamic players so Maximan Pereira behind them well when Saar got signed he hardly even played to begin with yeah because um, Javi didn't re- fancy him yeah it was only when Kike came in and even then he didn't start playing him very he early didn't play him and then eventually he came off the bench against Newcastle <laughs> and played alright Newcastle away he came off the bench and did alright it was Pearson that started it properly yeah um, and obviously, what, what a player he turned out to be, especially against United under Pearson. But um, <clears throat> yeah, um, next thing I want to talk about is obviously, have we talked about the recent years? We basically have now touched We've on it. We've sort of covered it, yeah. It's just a lack of ambition is what <coughs> the, the, the reason. Trying to cut corners too many times. I get, yeah, yeah. I get that you don't want to just unnecessarily splash money around, but sometimes you need to be willing to spend that as money. You'll see, as you'll see in a second, we, there's, there's two players highlighted in particular from what we're about to come on to. Yeah, uh, <coughs> but I, w- I want to talk about the transfers. Were they good? Were they bad? The value and the correlation between money spent and quality. Um, so I'm, I'm just what the way I would think is the best way to do this is to go goalkeepers. Uh, I'll read you the goalkeepers, and you can just talk about them as a collective. Yeah. And so yeah, it's so, a bit of a nostalgia trip. Let's put it that it way. It will be. It will be. Um, let, uh, let us know in the comments what you think of like the positions and whether we're right or we're wrong with our judgments. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do that. Or DM us. Um, goalkeepers: Almunia, Foster, um, Almunia, Gomez, Foster, Backman. Three of them were good. I don't know which three you're thinking already. The first three. Um, uh, yeah. I, I think overall we did. We have cut corners a lot with our keepers. And now, but it seems to have worked until this season, and now it's starting to bite us in the arse. But before this season, it was all right. We have cut corners for eight and a half years, and it's worked because Almunia was what we needed at that point, because Bondi was inexperienced and needed the older face to sort of push him. Gomez, Aurelio Gomez came in, quality. Quality really quality keeper. keeper but when we needed to replace him when he started to get a bit old and a bit error prone we snapped up Foster which was a brilliant signing at the time he yeah. just got relegated with West Brom but he had an awful defence in front of him Yeah, he had a slight, slight upgrade ever so slight ever so, ever so slight um, and started playing unbelievably well for us Yeah, and then obviously Batman came in I, I went on lo- out on loan to Kilmarnock um Still remember pissing all of them off on Twitter, and um, apparently did all right. Um, and then went off and has done his thing, playing stuck in the mud for all the rest of it. Do but you think I, it's due to an experience? He should, 
even it's a co it, it can't be at this point when he's 27 it shouldn't be that shouldn't be an experience. but you, but if the only experience you've had before that is playing in at Kilmarnock no but and then, it, and then it, what did he play in the championship yeah he played in the championship as well you've got it's but it's got to get to a point where if everyone can see it apart from you but is, is it really coach, his fault then what for not coming off of his line in yeah. term, no, in terms of not being the quality of the Premier League. That's not his fault at all. I'm not saying that's not what I'm saying. No, I know, I know. I'm just saying I don't think it's his fault, and I'm not sitting here defending him because ultimately he has made mistakes. But and I, oh no, I know every keeper has, but he's obviously made some mistakes where it's like if even if you die for it, people less people would get onto you. Put your hand out for it, yeah. But just put your hand. I out. think he's not the quality that the that the Premier League. He's not quite a Premier League quality, sorry. And no, he's not. Again, I don't think it's his fault because ultimately, you know, everyone's got their own quality level that they're at. Mine is like Sunday League, but... Um, Mine would somehow be the step below that. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I think he was probably the poorest. Like, obviously, he did his job in the championship for us and got us... Help, yeah, out, of the, out of the four... Because there's such a lack of like players we're going to cover in this one compared to the rest. Um, it's yeah. easy to rank these four. I think it goes Backman, Almunia, Foster, Gomez. I think. Say that again. Backman, Almunia, Foster, Gomez. Yes. I think that's fair. Yeah. There's a claim to put Foster above him. but. By no. the way, just to let you know, we haven't included all the players because I should have made this clear. We haven't included all the players because there's players like Pantillamon and stuff. Um, for keepers and there's more for like other positions and stuff but we just didn't feel like that we should have put them in either they hadn't played enough games or they weren't re um, not relevant significant enough for us to talk about and obviously we want to keep the time down as much as possible so we have only included people that we consider key players um, well for good well no for key, good or bad reasons re could key in the good or key in the bad yeah um, moving on to defenders uh, actually I want to ask goalkeepers rate it 1 out of 10 uh, from those 4 goalkeepers as a collective 1 out of 10 as a collective I'd go six and a half. I was going to say seven. I'd say seven out of ten. Uh, I'm just going to go just six and a half purely because of just this last bit of the season. This, yeah, this okay. last bit and the neglect on that area now pushes yeah. it down slightly. Okay. If we brought a keeper in on loan, for example, say we brought in Dean Henderson on loan, it'd be seven minimum. Mm -hmm. But because like we haven't done that and we've just left it, neglected it a bit, it's a six and a half for me, but it is. I see where you're coming from with a seven. Yeah, yeah. Um, so talking about defenders now, championship. This is all in order as well, by the way. Um, so we'll talk about championship first. We have Marco Cassetti, Joe Alexstrand, Gabriel Angela, Angela, uh, Matthew Briggs, Craig Cathcart, Gabriel Tamas, and Miguel Layun. Some absolute banging names in there. Um, Angela, Joe Alexstrand. Miguel Layun, to name a few. Obviously, Cathcart, to a certain extent, in terms of like... He's in, the the in the context of bringing him in in the championship, it was a brilliant sign. It was signing. a brilliant signing to get him from Blackpool, I think we got yeah, him from. Yeah. yeah. It was a good signing. Free, like that. To be fair... I know you wanted to talk about Briggs and Cassetti. Cassetti, well, Cassetti was all right for us. He was okay. He, he did his job. Briggs and Tamas. <laughs> oh, they were awful. Matty Briggs played at left wing back in the um, second uh, playoff semi-final. Yeah. Came off a poodle. Yeah. And my God, did he get skinned so many times. He's like He was the Messina before Messina was here. 
Yeah. Just, just in the worst, much worse position. Also, the fact that you're giving me shit for yawning when you just yawn. It's just when you talk to me. Yeah, yeah, fair. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Matty Briggs and Tamas. No. Please, never again. Yeah. Please. Um, so I want you to rate the championship defenders. I think we'll do it like that. Based on the bearing in mind, it is championship. Like we were in the championship. I know Miguel Leon went on. Uh, I would give it a crap. seven and a half for the impact they had. I, yes. as a, yeah, seven. Yeah, and I'd half. give. I'd agree. Seven and a half out of ten for me. Briggs um, and Tamas does bring it down, but <laughs> right. Also, there are players like Bel Calem and other players. Yeah, like that, Juan Carlo Paredes, Ikechi Anya's one we've missed. We have missed him, but to be fair, he was just sort of there. If I'm being honest with you... He was great, and don't get me wrong, but he was sort of just there. Do you know what I mean? On occasion, he was unbelievable. But most of the so time... quick. Most oh of the God. time, he was there. Yeah. If you know what I mean. Um, Premier League. Holobas. Oh. Alan Neom. Oh. Britos. Prodo. Ake. Yanmat. Cabaselli. Kabul. Mariapa. Femenia. Wilmot. Oh, my God. There's so many to name. Messina. Ngakia. Dawson. Troost. Rose. And Kulu. So, I don't know. Let's break that up. Holobas, Neom, Britos, Prodol, Ake. What's those five? Yeah. Four out of them are brilliant. Neom, not so much. Neom wasn't bad. Matt, out of the five, he's the worst. Yeah. Ake was played out of position, but he did keep Holobas out of the team. Yeah. So, he must have done something, right? Uh, I was always gutted we didn't sign him on a permanent, Ake. Yeah, it didn't surprise me, though. Um, Britos... Just just for the knockout tackle alone. I love that, man. Prodal, unbelievable under Mazzari in the three-back. Unbelievable. Yeah. And what was it? Yanmat was the other one, was it? Or um, was it? Holobas. No. Holobas. Just squaring up to everyone. Including his own Inclu- fans. Including the fans. Like, unreal. Unreal. Mm. Yeah, so what would you rate that little group? That group, I'd give a seven. I'd give it a six and a half. Six and a half, yeah. Um, next group, we'll go with Yanmat, Cabaselli, Kabul, Mariapa, Femenia. I love Mariapa, by the way. What I a ledge, Matt. I fucking maps. love Maps. Fucking love that man. Yanmat, I've always said, is never a defender. I've always said he should be playing up front. Yeah. Because the way he took his chances a lot of the time were fucking brilliant. And, like, his mazy little runs, inability to tackle, <laughs> like, yeah. striker. Cabaselli. Was really solid. Just a shame he gets injured all the time. Mm. But on his day, really solid. Really good positioning. Yunus Kabul <laughs> was all right for us, but he was okay. I mean, was, he was just sort of there. Again, he was our desperation signing when we needed. And he a did an okay back. job of it. Did score against Arsenal, to be fair. What a free kick! Granted, took a little deflection, but. Hey, we, must, we mustn't forget that it's been We raining. mustn't forget it's been raining. Um, <laughs> Mariapa, like we mentioned. Love like, maps. Love you. Not just for what he did on the pitch, but what he did off the pitch as well was unbelievable. Obviously, he gave me opportunities um, personally um, in terms of he allowed me to come into the Watford training ground and, and uh, what you call it, shadow the media team for a day because he knew that was something I really wanted to do. Um, he let me do a little Q&A video with him, which was quality because he didn't have to do that. He could have just headed off, basically. Um, and also he provided me and my dad with player lounge tickets which was an experience and it was unbelievable um, so that was quality So, but yeah as a defender again quality um, obviously started ageing a little bit and a couple of um, mistakes came here and there even so he wasn't even that bad 
Like he played at right back under Pearson. Do you remember? Yeah, yeah, I do. And apart, he did a decent Bright, job. Brighton own goal was a mess. But apart from that, he was actually quite good for us. No, I know. He, he did. His, he did a shift. And do you know what? Yeah, okay, yes, he he did leave us at some point. But when he came back, I thought he just like gave his all. And yeah. I really no, he gave a hundred percent every time he played. Any. I'd played have him back passion. in a heartbeat. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah. He, might, he might be old, but like it's just a level-headed, experienced centre half. If you can then then move into a coaching role at our club, something like that. Fair Plus, fair. I love maps. So I just love to see the announcement video. Yeah. Just maps back and off. It's just oh. Uh, Kiko Firmenia. Can't tackle too well. Good championship defender. I don't yeah. think he's a Premier League level, but going forward, he's not the worst in the world to be fair. Yeah, cool. So what would you give that group? So we have Yamat, Kaba, Kabul, Mariapa, Firmenia. I want to give it a 10 for maps alone, but I can't do that. Uh, probably a 6. Because yeah, Yanmap, Kiko, Kabul. I love Yanmap, don't get me wrong, but like as a defender in that context, no. Kaba and maps do like make sure it doesn't fall lower than a 6, but like... Yeah, it's for that reason. It's for them to alone that doesn't uh, fall between a 6. But... Um, Next group, Wilmot, Messina, Ngakia, Dawson. Yeah. <laughs> missed opportunity with Wilmot, really, wasn't it? Because Massive mi- mi- I was really, really excited for him to join Watford and then just didn't really get a chance. He got his chance in a three-back and was really good. Yeah. Got his chance in a two-back and wasn't good. Wasn't fancied by Munoz, so didn't play. And we let go- him go because of that. Yeah. Um, which was hindsight the wrong decision because we got rid of Munoz but if <coughs> if we stuck with Munoz it could have turned out to be the right decision because it might have wasted Wilmot a bit so yeah it doesn't blame me uh, Messina and Dawson make me want to cry just remembering Craig Dawson coming in and my uncle saying he's the exact type of centre half we needed <laughs> um, he yeah, yeah no. and Ngakia I love Ngakia. I think he's a brilliant signing. He's he's the one that will make the rating of this slightly more generous than it should be. All right. Well, what is your rating? Wilmot, Wilmot, Messina, Ngakia, Dawson. Four and a half. Because because of how fat. Well, Wilmot was not that significant in the long scheme. That's in the long why run. I can't really bump him so up. So you can't really bump him up from maybe. And Ngakia maybe. can't carry the other two. And Messina, yeah. Messina was good for half a season, like a quarter of a season. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I would give it a five. And Dawson was good for about three games. I'd give it a four, four point five, five, something like that. Five would be slightly generous, but I can see where you're coming from because Ngaka has been really good. Ngaka can push yeah. it up to a five, but I'm choosing not to let him. Okay, uh, last three: Trusta Kong, Rose, and Kulu. That's got to be about a f- five, like. We've really got to rate Truce here because Rose the truce was phenomenal Rose, in the championship. Rose hasn't worked out. And I'm gutted for him. And then Kulu's just injured. I am gutted for Rose, by the way. I'm sad for Rose. I'm not gutted for him. I'm just like... No, I'm gutted for him because... Yeah. He was good. It's clear that he's dealing with stuff off the football pitch as well. Um, yeah. And... It's clear that it's not just what's going on on the pitch or on the training pitch that's affecting him. There's, there's, I can clearly see that there's something going on behind be. the scenes has to with be. his mental health or something. I don't want to obviously assume anything, but it just seems you get the impression that he's struggling with something. Mm. Um, 
and, and I feel I feel really gutted for him yeah, that it didn't work out at Watford for him. But um, I wish him all the best. But um, Truce to Kong, phenomenal in the Championship, in the Premier League. Um, exposed in the Premier League. Exposed. I think that's a good word to use. Yeah. Um, and then in Kulu, who we haven't really was good, but injured. Yeah, good but injured, and it's a shame because I thought he was really good. He'll before be, he got he'll be gone at the end of the season. He'll be released. I can see that one coming from a mile off. Yeah, purely um, because of his in, like he's just been injured. So, so what are we rating him? What, what are we rating them? Truster Kong, Rose, and Kulu. I actually don't think we should. I think that might have to be an NA if I'm being honest. With you. Like, it's not applicable to give a rating because we're only really rating one player in that sort of. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Um, midfielders. <clears throat> Trying to rattle through these now. This one's going to be a bit heavy. We need to rattle through these. Um, so, Championship. Alman Abdi, Christian Batokio, Chalaba, Irony, Magugan, Watson, Guidiora, Daniel Tosha. I think all of them apart from Irony were brilliant. I agree. In their own respect, they were all fantastic. Alman Abdi has got to be the best one there. Yeah. All right. But Tokyo was unbelievable as well. Shalabar on loan. Oh, Shalabar on loan, what a player. Magugan, remember him scoring that free kick against Nottingham Forest, his own his old club. Watson did his bit in the championship. Unbelievable. Guardiola. Guardiola! Oh, that goal alone. What a goal. And Daniel Tojo could strike a free kick and was just really the good. The fact that we had Afti and Tojo in the same squad taking free kicks yeah. is a little bit unfair. Mm. So yeah, overall, I'd give that a nine. I would give that, yeah, I'd give that a nine. It would be ten if we didn't do ir- the whole ear anything. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Well, well, that that was that was an easy one, which is good because we got the Premier League midfielders now. Decore, Capu, signed in the same transfer window. Oh my God! Can I just mention that? I want to put a mention on that. Decore nine point five mil, Capu eight mil. <clears throat> just leave that there. Barami, Pereira, Cleverly, Hughes, Chalabar. What's those six? We'll do it in, in blocks, yeah. Uh, yeah, all of them fucking brilliant, <clears throat> I'll be honest. Yeah, all of them. I think that's really good. I'll go like nine, nine. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually, I'd say 9.5 just because of Decor and Capu. I want to do 10. You're going to do 10? See, I want to... <sighs> And the reason I'm gonna maybe do I 10, should do ten, but I feel like I'm not. But the then if I'm I don't give a ten, do 10, where am I gonna give a ten? That's what that the mid that midfield is where I put the ten in purely because of that was never our weak point in Hughes, the Premier League. Chalabar, Cleverly, Pereira, Barami, Capu, Deco- yeah, that's gotta be a ten. Oh, mate. I'm with you because yeah, if I'm not gonna give a ten here, where am I gonna give a ten? That is unbelievable. Isaac success, mate. <laughs> oh Christ, I lie. Yeah, that is an unbelievable midfield. And I just want to put a key on the point that of the price tags that I put. Decore nine point five mil, Capu eight mil. Spend money a bit. Spend, spend money. You don't spend look. a decent amount. Okay, cool. Good okay, cool. Since we've signed Decore and Caput, you know the market's changed a little bit, and things are more expensive. So obviously, well, I say a little bit more expensive. Decore is probably worth 40, 40 mil, roughly around that price tag at the moment. But that's because of how well he paid for us. The, exactly. The type we... of player Decore would have been in France is Etebo now, I'd say. But this is what I'm saying. And we spend the money. Loser costs nine mil. Sissoko about three like we can sign like we, we could we, we could get bring. away with it sometimes but if you're signing all the players for about what is going on here but if you're signing all the players for about three however much mil like freebies or, yeah freebie or, or very low amounts of money 
eventually you're not going to have enough quality. Every so often we get a banger. We get Suzuko or we get Dennis. Um, but you need to spend that money because... You get a Dennis, and you, but you also get, like, a sadly, a Danny Rose. Yeah. Or and something like that. We need to start spending the money. Um, last set of midfielders for the Premier League. Ken Semmer, Domingos Quina, who's just gone out on loan to Barnsley. Dan Gosling, Imran Luzar, Suzuko and Kuchka. Semmer, Quina, I give that about... Loser with Sissoko alone. Yeah. By the way, I haven't included like KMA and any of the new news. Because we can't comment on them really. Yet. We can't comment on them yet. But I would give that about a four, five. No. A five simply for Sissoko and Loser. Oh, yeah. And Semmer in the championship. He was a wing back. Hmm. Yeah, he only played well as a wing back in the championship. No, I know, but I thought he did his job in the championship. He was in a ke- slower a Kechianya. Do you not think he did a, put in a shift in the championship? That's what I'm saying. He put in a shift, but he was just there. I know, but he still put in a shift. So I think he was okay in the championship. I'd say, f- I'd say five is sort of fair. Yeah, I'd say a five. But, so if, but if we didn't count Sissoko and Loser, it's about a two. Yeah. Because Keener's attitude isn't hasn't been there, sat, which is such a shame. Because he was a quality player. Unbelievable player. Uh, Semmers sort of just does his job. Gosling. Kuchka. Well, I was going to include two fan, but two fans been sent back on loan, so. Oh, that would that would drop it down. Yeah. So we will keep two fan away. Uh, attackers championship, Deeney, and the reason I'm including Deeney is not is because I know he wasn't signed in that season, but that's the season he got released from prison. Um, well, not the season. That's the time period in which he got released from prison during the Pozzo era, um, and. We the Pozzos gave well I said we the Pozzos gave him another opportunity, um, Zola gave him another opportunity, um, and therefore it's almost like a new signing because he so easily couldn't <coughs> have been at the it might not have been at the club anymore. Um, so yeah, Dini, Forestieri, Vidra, Igalo. Firstly, I wanted to oh, oh mate, oh. actually that's quite disgusting. That's quite disgusting. <laughs> that that's like a that was a front. Oh, I think that's a ten. Ooh. I think that is a 10. Dini, think about the magnitude of Dini. Igalo. Vidra, Igalo. Vidra. Forestieri is probably really the only one who I'm like, and don't get me wrong, he was unbelievable. But he's the only one who's probably not on par with the other three. It's a nine and a half because Forestieri wasn't quite as good. Yeah. That's the only thing. It would be a 10 if Forestieri got double digit goal seasons. Like, because yeah. he wasn't as prolific. I'm going. I I, that's why I can't. Well, so, what are you going with? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. It, I'm it's going. So close to a ten, though. I'm going. I'm going ten. I'm. Fuck I can it. see. I I'm can see. 10. I can see why a ten would happen, but yeah, the nine and a five. Nine and um, half. Also, can we talk about what a good decision it was to give Dini another opportunity? Um, no, and this is not even because of obviously you know what he did was wrong or whatever. He's gone to jail for his time or whatever, but. To give him the opportunity, not only has he done well on the football pitch, but off the football off the football pitch, he's changed, he's matured, he's become somebody that's like a, a, a real, really, really good role model to younger people, or to, even to me. Like I, I look at look up to Troy Deeney and go, what a ledge! Everyone like, does. Yeah, he, he's Everyone a proper, proper bloke, and he's a proper role model, and he's an inspiration. And yeah, yeah, I'm so glad that we gave him another opportunity because he is clearly shown that he like 
it was an he away from an opportunity. It. Yeah, he, he's now deserved it. He's like warranted the opportunity, basically. Um, Premier League attackers. This is where it starts to go wrong. Mm, it does go very wrong here. Um, <laughs> Penaranda, Amrabat, Berghaus, success for £13 million. And the reason I've included that price tag there for £13 million is to show you that sometimes, just sometimes, price doesn't equal quality. Thirteen million pounds. It's more than we played for Decore or Capu. Um, Penaranda, I don't really. No, no, he he was he wasn't great. Scored um, one beauty in the cup, and that's literally about yeah. Uh, Amrabat played at right wing back, not striker. Um, <laughs> Enough said. Berghaus not given an opportunity. Should have should be here now. Realistically, we should have kept him. Yeah, he was quality. It's quality and success. Well, I don't think we need to touch on success. He's, 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 yeah. One goal, again, it's like Penyaradma. One goal alone was fucking awful. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give that. That's a fucking three. Is it? It's like a two and a half three. for me. I give that a two and a Just half. Just for the volley against Swansea, it makes it a three, but that's literally it. Next group. Okaka, Niang, Gray, Richarlison. Yeah, leave it at those four. Yeah. Because Charleston, for a for a half of the time or something, he was really good. For the time that Silver was good, mm. Charleston was good. A Carker, I still don't get why we let him go. Fuck off. Um, yeah. So for the half, like for when, I still don't understand why we let a Carker go but keep success. That still baffles me. Yeah. Uh, who were the other two? Uh, Niang and Gray. Niang was all right. For the low move, yeah. Hardly um, played though, didn't he? Played, yeah. I guess I don't remember too much. I don't really remember him, to be honest. Um, and then Andre Gray. Um, yeah, Andre Gray. Um, you know what? He was good in his in a couple of moments. He had a couple of glimmers of moments that were like that. Do you know what? Good. Like like Burnley away when he scored that goal yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. right early on Volley. in the season. Volley. Yeah, Volley. that was Volley. a good goal. Or like the the goal against Palace. The, yeah, the there, there was a couple of times where he, he stepped up. He had his up. moments and he stepped up. Do you, all right, question for you. Based on those moments that he had, add them all up, do you think it's worth 18.5 mil? <laughs> no. No, no. no. Moments don't, the moments can't justify the open goal misses and the bobbly touch. No, I can't. As much as I'd love to say the Palace goal was worth it alone, it really fucking wasn't. It really wasn't worth it. Mm. Could have bought a better striker that could have put us three nil up or something instead of for that eighteen mil, for example. Yeah, like I don't know. The Palace goal was lovely, and every like all these moments are great, but it still doesn't mean he was worth more than Capu and Decore combined. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Okay, so what are you giving that rating? Akaka, Niang, Gray, Richarlison. Five and a half, because Akaka was all right. Richarlison was good until he wasn't. Ray had his moments in the angle that he played. So yeah, five, five and a half is fair. I'm gonna go five. Um, next group, a decent group actually. Um, we have Delefeu. Ten. <laughs> Delefeu, Saw, Welbeck, João Pedro. Ah, oh! that's an eight and a half. Yeah. Or a nine. Because Welbeck can't quite push it up to the where I want to put it. 
Delafeu, Sarge, I would wow. say, I would say, Dela, if nine. it was just those three, Delafeu, Sarge, wow, that's the other ten for me. Yeah, but because of Welbeck, because because Welbeck's there and his injury record, and the open and the 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 one on one missing at Sheffield United still haunts me to this day. Yeah, like, oh yeah, it's a, it's a nine. Do you know what? It's a nine. Yeah, I would I would go with a nine. And then the last group, uh, <laughs> Glenn Murray, Emmanuel Dennis, King, and Fletcher. Two, two of them are good. Two belters in there. Yeah, Murray and... Um, Murray and Fletcher. Fletcher absolutely. <laughs> oh. The rest of them. Do you know what? Sure. Glenn Murray is the epitome of the recent years of the Potso ownership. Yeah. A <coughs> supposedly decent free signing that turned out to be shit. Uh, Fletcher, because he's on a five-year deal, it's a shambles. Yeah. Uh, King and Dennis, love them to pieces. So with that in mind, I give it a six and a half. So, six and a half. Okay, I'll go with a six. All right. So if you if we're rating the position areas as a whole, goalie, goalie, midfielders, goalie, attackers. I'm gonna give. No, no, no. In terms of like rank them. So. Oh, what what so best? Which one was the best? <sighs> Midfield. So I'd say midfield is top. Midfield's top. If anything else, you're wrong. It, mm. it goes midfielders at the top. Oh yeah, I thought you were disagreeing with me. No, no, no. midfielders at the top. What's Mid- next? Midfielders at the top. Attackers second. Just. Just. Before goalkeeper. And then defenders, defenders last. Defenders last. Thank you. That's what I'd go with. Yeah, that's what I'd go. Yeah, I, the defence, as we all know, has been neglected for years and years and years, particularly in the Premier League. Um, and and it's gutting to see, really, because imagine we've always, not always, but majority of the time, we've had a really, really good attack. Mm-hmm. And a really, really good midfield. So if we could just match it and spend a little bit of flipping money in the defence, who knows where we could be? Yep. Who knows? Second half of the season, we'd do a title job. Yeah. Um, no, I, it's, it's, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating because it's like we could be, in my opinion, not even worrying about relegation this season if we just invested in defence. Because we have the attack there. Agreed. Agreed. We literally have the attack. We have Dennis, we have Joao Pedro. Josh King, who okay, cool, he's fallen off a little bit, but he got off to a flyer. Um, who else? Still links up well. He's just be, he was just playing. Saw when he's not back from when he's not injured, and he is back from injury. Kucho now, on he? his day. Yeah, Kucho on his day. You know, occasionally he can come up with something special, make something from nothing. We've got those players, and then in midfield we have players, obviously like Sissoko. Who's a KM based Sissoko? Oh table. my god! That, oh, that just those four. I listed them off. You know, and we've had players like Kapu and. Kap- Decore. And then we've got Troost and fucking oh. Dawson and flipping Rose and like. Cathcart at the moment. <sighs> and fucking. It's unbelievable. And we've got an NFT YouTuber and I'm a shouty man. It's, Hi, I'm a shouty man. It's unbelievable, mate. Honestly, I'm telling you, if we invested in our. Oh, actually, you mentioned, um, you mentioned Craig Cathcart. So I was I was on Instagram earlier today and I um, came across this video and I was so glad that they were joking because I don't think they could ever say that and be serious actually. Hang on. Um I just want I just whenever you say funny video, my mind all that automatically goes to that panel. I think it's this one. It's not always going to work out for Wait. Who's saying this then? The force cars. I don't know if it's this one though. Like I know I will make mistakes sometimes, but I I'll say it to all the young lads like do you know, so so when you're on the training pitch, okay, like... This isn't the one. There, there was one, oh, I can't even find it now, which is really annoying. 
But basically, he he was saying, "Oh, I want to find it. I want to find it." So I will find it before the end of the podcast. So stay tuned for that. But um, I want to talk to you. I want to ask you about the hire and fire mentality of the manager. Talk about that because, and I don't just want you to say, "Oh no, I don't agree with it anymore." I want you to talk about the Potsdam's come in. This has never really been seen to us before, especially because we're particularly young, so we're not paying attention to other leagues and all this sort of stuff. Well, I certainly wasn't anywhere. I don't know about you, but. I have never experienced that before in football. As far as I was concerned... Apart from Chelsea, I've never known a hire or fire mentality. Because, okay, yes, we chopped and changed managers, but it was Rodgers, wasn't working out. We had changes of ownership regularly, so they would obviously bring their own men in, whatnot. Um, so, yeah, it was a choppy and changey time anyway. And when the Potsos came in, the first thing they did was sack Sean Dyche. And oh, sorry. Oh, I found it. 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 All right, listen to this. Because <laughs> obviously you just mentioned Cathcart, right? And it just made me think of this clip. So listen to this. This is on the false cast. Are you looking? Oh. You were the best. I'm not joking. Yeah. I honestly think. I honestly think. At one point, me and Craig Cathcart were the best players in the world. <laughs> <laughs> face <laughs> I was so glad they were joking <laughs> particularly about Cathcart but anyway hire and fire managers go right sorry I'm off give, but gone. give me a minute <laughs> I need to work out what the <laughs> fuck has just happened right gone. right hire and fire mentality so when obviously when it started I'd never seen them like properly before apart from the um, what Chelsea were doing with it Mm-hmm. When the Pozzos came in as sack Sean Dyche, I was too young to realise sort of what was going on. Mm-hmm. But when when we appointed Zola and we saw the football that was played, it made sense to me. Yeah, yeah, as well. It really it did, didn't it. make sense. Um, bringing all these Udinese players, they wouldn't have fitted in Sean Dyche's system. Like they fitted the Zola system better. Yeah, it worked. Firing him the next season was the right call because we did give him the time. Yeah. Which we'll come back to. Gave him the time and it just wasn't working out. Yeah. So sacking him was the right decision to make. Bringing in Sinino just to see us through, really. That's what it was. I believe he was the one that said, You're all shit, I'm leaving in training and went up and resigned. I believe he was the one. I think that came out on the Foscast. Um Then it was Garcia who left you to health problems. Billy McKinley came in while we looked for someone else. Yeah. And then Slav came in, got us promoted, asked for too much money that we weren't willing to give him. And hindsight, that was one of the best decisions we could have made because mm-hmm. of how we worked out Fulham. didn't work. His attacking football didn't fit the Premier League. Yeah. So up until this point, I'm, sort of, I'm still I'm in support of the Pozzos and the higher and fire mentality. Kike the right call he got found out towards the end of the season yeah made sense Bazzari was definitely the right call Silva was definitely the right call Javi was definitely not the right call as into sack at the point he was sacked I've we mentioned earlier just give them bloke more time for fuck's sake Kike was definitely the right call Pearson got in a scrap so that allegedly allegedly I still think he did so Yes, that in that context, it's the right decision to make. 
in the context of where it was, I sh- we should have just given him to the end of the season anyway. Just let him see out the job. Even though he allegedly punched up Messina. Oh, well, it's a good laugh. <laughs> anyway, if, if he did hit Messina, then yes, sacking him was definitely the right call. But mainly, I just think that... Um, should have given him to the end of the season because it meant we just had to thrust Hayden Mullins into an awful position. Yeah. So, then Ivic was the right decision. Zisco was the right decision. Ranieri was the right decision. So, <clears throat> if we're being honest, <clears throat> they've made one wrong managerial sacking. So, the actual hire and fire all have been the right decision. But the fact that we have to still go with it, that is bad in itself. So just because they make the right decisions doesn't mean they've initially made the right decision, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Just because they know when to sack them doesn't mean they know how, who to hire. Yeah. If they made the right decisions hiring someone, it would have worked better, I think. No, I agree, and I think... that And that is what needs to change, I believe. Now, I am going to disagree with you there. There we go. I'm going to disagree with you. Because we get a manager and they do a decent job for a little while. Generally, nine times out of ten, they do a decent job to begin with. Mm-hmm. Incorrect or correct? No, you're correct. Fair. So, it then goes wrong, obviously, after however long. Obviously, each manager is different, but it goes wrong eventually. And we are in a position where we need to sack them. And like you said, most of the time, it's the correct decision. Mm-hmm. Now... To me, that says that there is, we've got so many managers and they have got, they've obviously all done well to begin with and then end up getting sacked for not doing so well. And to me, that is sort of like, all right, weird analogy, but it's like, you know, when you get those people who were like, um, I'm trying to think of an example and they like, this is not even football related, it's just an analogy I'm going to use to explain it. Do you know, like, when they go, oh, you have this, I'm sure you've known somebody in your life like this, where they've gone, oh, this person's annoying, uh, this person's not friends with me anymore, that person's not friends with me anymore, oh, this person um, said that they don't want to be friends with me, or whatever, or this, this person's got angry at me, this person and me had an argument. And then eventually you look at them, and to begin with, at first you're like, oh, oh really, oh, that's, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that, I'm sorry to hear, oh, are you okay, are you okay? And then eventually you get to a point and you're like, are you sure it's not just you? Do you know what I mean? Do you know, have you ever met someone like that in your life and you're like, mm-hmm. they're the actual problem, but they don't see that they're the problem. Now that is the potzos for me because it's no coincidence that we get all these managers and one of them can't do good long-term. Okay, cool. Potentially should have, would have, could have with Javi. Right? In the, at the time, we weren't doing great, so you can't say that he would have gotten us out of that position. You can't say he would have got us relegated. You can't say because... We don't know. We don't know. But he, at the time, he was on course to did not doing so well. Yeah. Okay? Now, to me, that says that that's not coincidence that every single manager we've had does well to begin with and then flops. The problem for me is that no manager is going to do well for us unless we, unless we invest, unless we spend a bit of money and give the managers the opportunity to go have a sit down, like you can a football manager, have a little recruitment meeting and go, right, these are the players I want. The manager, As a manager, you can go, right, these are the players I want. Help me get them. And then the Pozzo should go, within reason, they should go, okay, cool. 
you want X, Y, Z? Do you want this person? All right, cool. <clears throat> How much do you reckon we can get him for? Oh, okay. This is going to be quite a pricey signing, relatively pricey signing. It's going to be like 15, 20 mil. Okay, we'll do it. We'll do it. If you if you can show us how that will work into your system, we will do that for you. Okay, cool. Here's how it's going to work in my system. Thank you. Okay, cool. I'll buy the player. Okay. Oh, you want this player as well? Hmm. Okay, we've spent two. We've spent we've spent money on two players around the 20, 25 million pound mark now. I don't think we're going to be able to do that signing. John, is there any other players that you'd like us to do for less money than that? Okay, well I've got these other ideas. These are the players. Do you know what I mean? Let the manager sit down. Have a little think and, and explain. have a meeting where the manager can go, right, these are the players I want. You're going to have to splash, splash the cast a, a little bit, a little bit more than you've been doing. Trying to get fringe players from Udinese, Granada when we own them also, um, and all these other clubs. Like, okay, cool, I get it. I get we got like we get wonder kids like Dennis for three mil from Club Bruges. But if you're going to get three million pound players every time, most of them are going to be shitters. As proven with like Rose and all these other players that we've had that have been absolute shitters. Occasionally you get a banger, but then when you spend the money, example, Kapu, Decore, you get quality. Obviously that's not always the case, but I think it needs to be more well thought out along with a willingness to spend a bit more money. And that for me is the problem. It's not even the head coaches anymore. That's my problem with them. And that's not me saying I want them out. That's me saying I want them to spend more money. What we've done is we've made different points and agreed on the same thing, but Potters need to change something. We both agree that they need to... I agree that they need to invest more. I agree that they need to um, spend, like, spend more money and sit down with the manager. And my point was they need to stop with the hire and fire mentality. My point is if they stop that, then they sit down with the manager. But they need to consciously make the decision, right, we're backing a manager. Yeah. We're building a project. That's what needs to change. If they say, right, we're building a project, then you hire a manager that is fit for a project, and then you buy the players that fit his system and yeah. the project. And you stick with that manager. And you stick with that manager. I agree. We're, we're on the same wavelength right here. And That's stick with Roy until the end of the season. I don't care if we... Well, obviously, I do care if we go down, but... Do not just sack him if we look like we're going on. If we sack Roy Hodgson, that's oh, it's curtains for us. Stupidest decision. And do you know what the worst part is? It wouldn't even surprise me if, if he loses to Burnley. He's gone. <laughs> I'm joking. Imagine, but what I I'm saying, what I'm saying is, stick with Roy to the end of the season. If we stay Regardless. up, fantastic. If we go down, okay, that's a shame. But then get rid of Roy at the end of the season because he knows it's coming anyway. He knows that's the only reason why he's here. So get rid of him at the end of the season and then sit down. In fact, start thinking now, right, if we're in the championship, who are we going to get? If we're in the Premier League, who are we going to get? And start thinking who they want now and then start thinking, right, what's this project? In five years, what's it going to look like? Next season, what, what what's our aim? What are we going to be looking like? How much do we want to spend this season? How much do we want to make back? Work it all out. Man, I'm sick want, of it, bruv. Who do you want? Right, sorry. I haven't thought of any names, but that's <laughs> so not my have. job. No, no, right. So, hypothetically, I'm going to present you with the two scenarios. So, we get relegated this season. <sighs> Who do you start the project with? You, bruv. I don't care. Me, yeah? No, nice. I'm joking, I'm joking. Um, Fucking wonders with Dover has done something, lads. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I've got... What's that guy's name? Which bro? one? The old Barnsley manager. Ishmael. Yeah, bruv, him. Stick him in there. Why not? Not, not in the championship for me. I don't care. I, I, like I said, I don't really know. I haven't really thought of I've any got, names. I haven't really thought of any I've names. I've got two names. For the championship, it's Diego Martinez, the Granada guy. Okay. 
and for the Premier League. Sometimes the guy goes, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. That's Gattuso. Oh, fuck, wrong person. Sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. Anyway, yeah, uh, so for the Premier League, it's Ishmael. Um, But for the Championship, it's. uh, Well, the guy I said. Yeah. yeah. And why for the Prem and not. um, Because what he's doing with West Brom, he's not doing as well because they're a top team. What he did with Barsley was so good because they're not a top team. He can underachieve with. He can overachieve. So if we're in the Premier League and we're building a project, we need a bit of overachievement from that type of manager. Because he was able to overachieve with Barnsley because his like, way of motivating and his tactics worked in galvanising the support, okay. which is what we need in the Premier League from next season. Because, let's be real, they're not good enough at the moment. Some of them are. <coughs> God is striking me down for saying that. <laughs> it's a Nigerian juju. <laughs> <laughs> um, but look, I, I, just, I like I said, I haven't really, I don't really know too much about the guys. I haven't yeah. really thought of a name. I haven't really done my research into that. But that's not my job ultimately. And I know I, it's good for the podcast to have a name. But, but yeah, I don't. I'm we, gonna be we, honest. We, I don't have a name. Yeah. And also, look, like I say, I think we're both right. That's what needs to happen. Oh, right. Least your change going forward is just invest some money and back yes. one manager, not one squad. We back the players, it goes wrong because every player is different. Yeah. Every manager, a manager will know what players he wants and what players he doesn't want, and we build it around. A couple that. of questions to end it with to Go end on. up this 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 deconstructing Watford special. Do we stay up or do we go down this season? I think we go down. You think we go down? Okay, I agree. I think we go down as well. Obviously, prove me wrong, but it's going to be. Tight, I think. I think it will be tight as well, but that's how it's going to go. I'm I hoping think. we stay up. Or of course, that's a get, given. Yeah, but either <clears throat> dark feed, either it's going to be close, or we're just going to get spanked. That is one of the two. Um, and second question: Do you think Watford will ever stop the hire and fire mentality? The pot so rather. I don't think we will as well, which is horrible. And then third question, <sighs> leading on from your answer, based on that. If they don't, where do we go? If we carry on in this vicious circle of going up, going down, going up, going down, sirens, uh, uh, signing, firing, signing, firing, what do we do? Potso in, potso out, what are you saying? I'm one more season of higher and fire and everything changing to be fully potso out. Next season, if it doesn't change, if we go down and it doesn't change, I'm going to go potso out. We can get up back in the Premier League all we want, but we need to fucking back a manager. We can't be backing the players anymore. Mm. Because they're the ones that can throw their toys out the pram because they're on good wages. Fuck! We just need to back a manager, boys. It's not fucking difficult. It's so frustrating to watch as well. Also, can we just get rid of Scott Duxbury? Just, just <laughs> please. Just bring anyone else. Anyone else. Literally anyone. Bring Oboe off the street in. Fucking just hire a manager. Looking at the time, that's one single manager. Wrap. That's a wrap. Um, that's a wrap, yeah. <clears throat> just hire Ooh. a manager. I'm knackered now. Flipping yeah. X. It's, 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 um, takes a toll on you talking about Watford. Really does. But anyway, guys, that has been deconstructing Watford. I've been Ricky. He's been Luke. We've been the 1881 Club. Hope you guys have enjoyed that. If you did, make sure to leave a like, comment what you made of it. And subscribe if you haven't done so already. Also, leave a like and a rating. I don't know if I said that, but do it anyway. Um, And guys, we will catch you in the next one. Bye-bye.